It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome in to another special edition of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. This is our penultimate episode of the countdown of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. So let me just take a step back before we get to who is number two and talk about this project for just a moment. I, and we'll talk about it more maybe when we wrap it up next week. But I literally have been working on this for a number of years. There was a period of time, as I talked about, where I thought this was going to be a book. We then decided we were going to turn it into a video and audio series. And the reaction to it, while polarizing at times, has been really what I hoped it would be, which is people can get angry about the rankings and about the list. But this was also an informational exercise, informational for me, where I you know, learn more about a guy such as, as for instance, Sidney Moncrief who now uh, my pal Chris Broussard tells me that I have ranked, I learned too much about him, or I think I hold him in too high of a regard, and informational for me when an older guy like Pistol Pete Maravich, that to me, once you actually dug into it, the legend outstripped the actual performance. And also informational because I learned, if I didn't already know, how diehard so many of the Michael Jordan folks were because I knew people would be upset with Michael Jordan being number three. I didn't necessarily know that it was going to cause the firestorm it did because I did think while I know that Jordan is by most considered the greatest player ever, that there was an understanding that that is a three-player race between Jordan, LeBron, and Kareem, and therefore one of them has to come in third. And that then brings us, of course, to number two, which will, you know, reveal by definition who number one is. So I spent the better part of this past week defending and explaining the case to have Kareem above Jordan. And the reason I spent the time doing that this week was because we've spent a lot of time on LeBron versus Jordan. And it has led a lot of people to speculate, wait, is Nick going to have Kareem number one? And Kareem has an excellent case to be number one. And when you dig into it and you look at what LeBron's accomplished, what Jordan's accomplished, came in at three, and what Kareem's accomplished, you say, oh, man, even a guy like me who's called LeBron the GOAT for a few years now, take a step back and you say, is it actually Kareem? Is the guy who, when we'd said, 
the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years, and really this list was the 50 greatest players of the last 52 years because we were doing Kareem's rookie year to now because we that was kind of modern NBA was Kareem's rookie year, but we started this in 2020 and we're debuting it in 2022, is the guy who's one of the oldest guys on the list going to be the one standing at the very end? And the answer to that question is no. The second greatest player of the last 50 years is none other than the captain, formerly Lou Alcindor. Number two, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So Kareem's career resume is uh, almost impossible to go over everything. You're seeing some of the things on the screen, six-time MVP, six-time champion. All, let's, But that is honestly just the absolute bare minimum. So let's go through it the way we have with every player. 10 times he was first team All-NBA that is tied for the fourth most ever. Five times he was second team All-NBA. They didn't have third team All-NBAs during his career. He has 15 total All-NBA teams. That is the second most ever, only behind LeBron. He is a six-time MVP, as I mentioned, which is the most ever. 15 times Kareem Abdul-Jabbar finished in the top Five in MVP voting, 15 times. That is the most all-time. The first 12 years of his career, if he stopped playing after the first 12 years of his career, he would be a top 10 player ever. In those first 12 years, he won six MVPs, and he was a top five MVP finisher every single year. His first 12 years in the league. He's 11-time all-defense. He's a two-time scoring champion. He is a four-time blocks champion, despite the fact that his athletic prime, his first five years in the league, blocks weren't a stat. He's a one-time rebounding champ. First dozen years of his career, he averaged 28, 14, four, and three blocks on 57%. His third year in the league, he averaged 35 points per game. He famously has scored the most points in NBA history. Not as famous as this. He broke the previous record, which was Wilt's record, in April of 1984. He still holds it. That means Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been the NBA's all-time leading scorer every day that I have been alive. It's been 38 years running he has held that record. LeBron, of course, is going to break it at some point this season. Third most rebounds ever, the most of anyone on this list, he's behind only Wilton Russell. The third most blocks ever, behind only Akeem and Dikembe. But again, keep in mind, blocks weren't even counted the first few years of his career. The second most games ever, the most minutes ever, the most field goals made ever, and that won't be broken. LeBron's going to come for everybody's records on almost everything. Field goals made, he won't. Because Kareem made the point not that long ago, I think it was to Dan Patrick, and he's right. He's the NBA's all-time leading scorer, and he never made a three-pointer. So his raw baskets made, that's his record forever, I believe. A career average of 24 and 11. The only guy in the last 50 years to put up those numbers. He had 355 career 30 and 10 games in the regular season. 
That is almost five full seasons of 30.10 rebound games. Only Wilt has more. He, of course, has the most unstoppable, unblockable shot in NBA history. And listen, we don't count high school for this list or college. But if you're the greatest ever, hands down, it's warrants at least mentioning before we get to the playoff stuff. In high school, he was 79-2 and two with three state titles and at one point in high school had a 71-game winning streak. In college, he was 88-2. and two. His freshman year is not allowed to play. His freshman team goes 20-0 against other freshman teams and beats the UCLA varsity team in practice and in an organized scrimmage. That UCLA varsity team won the title. In his next three years in college, when he was allowed to play, despite them changing rules to try to minimize his impact, he went 88-2. and two. The two losses, one game against Houston, he was banged up. They lost by two points. The other game, I think it was Indiana, they did the four corners offense to try to prevent UCLA from touching the ball. 88-2. Three years of college. All three years player of the year. All three years first team All-American. All three years final four most outstanding player. All three years national champion. And then his rookie season, at his rookie season, Milwaukee had won 27 games the previous year. They had cream. They don't add Oscar yet. They add cream. They were from 27 wins to 56 wins. And as a rookie, he averages 29, 15, and four. Who knows how many blocks and finishes third in MVP voting. So that's the regular season stuff. And we could go on longer on the regular season stuff. But the playoff stuff with Kareem is going to take so long, we have to get to it. So we already mentioned it. Six-time NBA champion two-time finals MVP, and you're going to understand shortly why him only having two finals MVPs is criminal. Also, 10 total finals appearances. 10 finals appearances, six-time champion. By the way, those two finals MVPs I mentioned, he won one of them at age 24 and the other at age 38. Let that wash over you for a minute. At age 24, Playing for the championship, he was the best player on the court. And at age 38, 15 seasons later, he was the best player on the court playing for a championship, winning finals MVP. So let's start in 1970. Rookie season. He's 23 years old. First playoff game ever. 36 and 20. 36 and 20 as a rookie. First game ever in the playoffs. Pretty good. First playoff round ever. His rookie season scores 33 points in every single game, including 46 and 25 to win the series. A 46 and 25 point playoff game as a rookie. Average for that series, 36 and 16 on 58%. First four games against Willis Reed, who would win the title that year in the Knicks. Here's what he did. This is his rookie year. First four games in round two, 35, 15, and five. Then 38, 23, 11. That's game two. Then 33, 31, and five. A 30, 30, and five as a rookie in the playoffs against Willis Reed. And then in game four, 38 and nine. In those first four games of the series, he averaged 36 points, 20 rebounds, six assists in 47 and a half minutes per game. That's a real story. 47 and a half minutes per game is what he averaged for those first four games in the series against Willis Reed as a rookie. His team wasn't very good. They lost three of those four games. For the playoff run as a rookie, 
He averaged 35.17 rebounds, four assists on 56% shooting. Okay. That's how he starts. So what's he do for year two? Ah, he puts together what is up to that point the single greatest season in NBA history start to finish. Okay, pretty good. Round one, and so they, in the play, they, they won 66 games in the regular season. They had added Oscar, and Oscar was still very good, but was not the prime Oscar. Round one, he averages 28 and 16, including a 30 and 20 game. By the way, for Kareem, for brevity's sake, we're going to have to do a lot of averages instead of game by game because there's too many games. Guy played so many games, was so good. For uh, the Western Conference Finals, Averages 25, 17, and 4, including two separate 30-point, 20-rebound games to gentlemen sweep the Lakers to make the first finals. In the finals, he sweeps the Bullets. In his first finals game ever, he has 31 and 17. In his second finals game ever, he has 27 and 24. In his third finals game ever, he has 23 and 21. And then in in the fourth finals game ever to complete the sweep, he has 27 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists to win the title. Averages 27 and 19 on 60% for the finals. Finishes the season with MVP, finals MVP, an up to that point in time record 20 game winning streak. 20 game winning streak. 12 and 2 in the playoffs. Overall record of 78 and 18. I think it was the best start to finish season in NBA history up to that point. 1972, title defense. Opens it up against the Warriors with the 28-15-5, but they lose. They then win four straight to advance the Western Conference Finals. I believe this Western Conference Finals, by the way, is the two best teams that have ever played outside of an NBA Finals. The 72 Bucks and the 72 Lakers are two of the greatest teams ever to face, are the two greatest teams ever to face each other outside of an NBA Finals. I believe. So how does he do against the Lakers, who, by the way, had Wilt Chamberlain? Yes, he was an older Wilt Chamberlain. He was still Wilt Chamberlain. Well, game one, he had 33 and 18. Game two, he had 40 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. They lost by one. Game three, he had 33 points, 21 rebounds, six assists. They lost by three. Game four, critical game, he has 31 and 18 to even the series. Then in game six, down 3-2. He throws up 37 points, 25 rebounds, 8 assists. But they lose. Oscar got hurt, and Oscar averaged just 9 points per game for that series. Wasn't great. For that series, Wilt averaged 11 points per game. Kareem, trying to defend his title, averaged 34 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists. So that was 1972. Again, we're three years into his career. I'm out of breath all. 1973, and actually not great. Lost to the Warriors in six. He was good. He wasn't great. Averaged 23 and 16 for the series. Again, 23 points, 16 rebounds per game. One of his worst playoff series of the first decade of his career. 1974, didn't like that whole not going deep into the playoffs thing. It's Oscar's final year, and it's Kareem's final year with the Bucs, as it would happen. It's also the first time we get a statistical record of Kareem's steals and blocks in the playoffs. We don't have that record. Uh, at least basketball reference doesn't have it. I wasn't able to find it elsewhere. Any official record for his steals and blocks prior to 1974. Okay. First game of the playoffs. 35 points, 21 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals, 6 blocks. Played all 48 minutes. Seems good. 
35-21-2-4-6, playing all 48 against the Lakers. Game two had 32 points, 25 rebounds. Game four, he had 31 points, 16 rebounds, eight assists, six blocks. Jesus Christ, man. 31-16-8-6 against the Lakers in game four. Uh, average for that series against the Lakers, 30 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, two steals, three blocks, 45 minutes per game. Chicago in round two just kicked the shit out of them. Sorry, Chicago. It was, it was, it was an annihilation. Had a 44-21 and 21 game in game two, a 38-24 and 24 game in game four. Average for the series, 35 points, 20 rebounds, four assists, and in the four-game sweep, played... Every single minute but three. Sat for three minutes, averaged 35, 20, and four. In the finals against John Havlicek and Dave Cowens, I believe this is the first finals MVP that he was robbed of, even though they lost in the finals. I'll try to make the case for it. By the way, they had just given a finals MVP to a losing player a few years prior in Jerry West, so it wouldn't have been at all unprecedented. So what did he do in those finals? Game one, they lost. He had 35 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, in game two, he had 36 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists in an overtime win, playing all 53 minutes. Game four, 34 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists to tie the series. Game five, had 37 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, but they lost. Game six, facing elimination. Has 34 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, playing 58 minutes in a double overtime win. In the finals, they lose game 7, obviously. Averages, 33 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, and an unbreakable record. This is as unbreakable as any record there ever will be. Played 345 minutes in a single finals. That is, break out your calculators, 49 minutes per game in a seven-game series. Average 49 minutes per game in a seven-game series for the finals. They gave finals MVP to John Havlicek, who averaged 26-8 and eight on 42% shooting over Kareem's 33-12-5-2 on 56% shooting. For the playoffs that year, Kareem averaged 32-16-5-2 and, and averaged more than 47 minutes per game. Then he gets traded to the Lakers, and they actually missed the playoffs two straight years. That's a ding on him. It's a small ding, but it's a ding. Now, one of those years they missed the playoffs in part because they started so terribly he broke his hand, but still a ding. Need to punch Kurt Benson, if I remember correctly. 1977, we're back in the playoffs against a kick-ass Warriors team. Rick Barry, Jamal Wilkes, young Robert Parrish, Gus Williams. They had just won the title a couple years ago, they being the Warriors. He has one of his most dominant series ever. Game two, already up 1-0 in the series. Has a 40-point, 19-rebound, 3-assist, three 3-steal, three 9-block game. The old 40-19-3-3-9 box score. In game four, has 41-18. and 18. But they lost that, and the series was tied. Game five, has 45-18 and 18 to go up 3-2. Game six to try to close them out. This great Warriors team trying to close them out. Has 43 and 20, but they lose. Game seven. Game seven against a Warriors team that's just won the title a couple years prior. Lakers team has done nothing. They've missed the playoffs two straight years. Game seven. 
36 points, 26 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 blocks. Oh, for the series, averaged 37 points, 19 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 4 blocks on 60% shooting. Pretty good. Round 2, facing the one-time Bill Walton's fully healthy with Portland. I thought he vastly outplayed Walton again. I'm not going to act like I was able to watch all those games. You see clips of them. There's one full game you can find on YouTube, but a lot of it is reading the box score. I will admit that. Uh, but even though he averaged 30 and 16 for the series, they got swept by Portland. Portland team going to win the title. For the playoffs that year, Kareem averaged 35 points, 18 rebounds, four assists, two steals, four blocks and shot 61% from the field. Then we get to 1978, and I got to add a little NBA history here. As the NBA started adding more teams to the playoffs, they started doing this thing where if you weren't a top seed, the top seed, or a top three seed, it depended as they added teams. In the first round of the playoffs, you played a best of three. I wish they hadn't done this because I think it robbed us of some better potential conference finals and finals. But because of that, a best of three, it, it it's not quite a single elimination, but it's, it's close as you can get to it. So 1978, the Lakers lose to the Sonics 2-1, despite Kareem averaging 27 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 blocks for the series. 1979, round one facing another do-or-die game three. Again, do-or-die game three sounds weird. Has 29 points, 16 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 blocks, playing all 48 points in a one-point win to advance. So fate, that's that's the game seven version of round one back then. He has 29, 16, 8, and 6, and they win by one. He played all 48 minutes. Again, now you're facing Seattle. The Lakers lose in five to the eventual NBA champs, team that had beaten them the previous year in round one, despite Kareem averaging 29 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Then 1980, they get Magic Johnson. The rest of Kareem's career, which was another decade, he would make the finals eight of his final 10 years. The two times he didn't make the finals, one of them was, again, because of a fluky best of three round one thing. It's just unbelievable once he got paired up with Magic, but he was still the lead dog for the beginning and one could argue the first five years of the 80s. Let's go through it. Wow, we're only 1980. Spent a lot of time here, and we're about to have eight fi more finals trips to get to. I'll try to speed up, but it's, it's hard. So the Lakers get Magic in 1980, and they're a true juggernaut for the first time with Kareem. He opens the playoffs with a 30-point, 12-rebound, 5-block performance. In that 30-point performance, he played only 35 minutes, and he only took 14 shots. The rest of that series, he has a couple more 35-plus-point games, and he averages for the series 32 points, 11 rebounds on 59%. Gets Seattle. Again, Seattle, remembers knocked him out of the playoffs the previous two years. Against Seattle, gets revenge on him, including to close Seattle out, throws up 38 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 7 blocks. See, that really makes me wonder what Kareem's block totals were gonna would have been like right when he got to the league. But we don't have that data. And in fairness, we don't have it for Will for Russell either, obviously, for the entirety of their careers. So he closes out Seattle with a 38, 11, 6, 2, and 7. Averages for the series. 31, 12, 4, 2, and 4. In the finals, this is the second time I think he is robbed of a finals MVP. 
In game one, he has 33 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, six blocks. In game two, he has 38 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, two steals, five blocks. In game three, he has 33 points, 14 rebounds, three steals, four blocks. And then in game five with the series tied, gets hurt, comes back, and has 40 points, 15 rebounds, and four blocks to win the game. But because of the injury in game five, he has to miss game six. That's when Magic put up his magical 42, 15, and seven. And they gave Magic the finals MVP, despite the fact, again, Kareem did not win finals MVP. For a finals, he won where he averaged 33 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, five blocks. Just unbelievable. 1981, they're the defending champs, and they're playing another one of these best of threes. And this is, when they played that best of three against Seattle in, what was it, 78? They, They had a mediocre regular season. In 81, they had the second best record in their conference. They won 54 games. Yet they end up having to play a best of three because the weird seeding rules in the NBA added teams and they lose game three. Despite in game three against Moses Malone, Kareem had 32 points, 18 rebounds, four assists, four blocks. So that ends the first 12 years of Kareem's career. In those first 12 years, in the playoffs, he averaged 30 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, three blocks on around 55% shooting. All right, 1982. Another championship. Best record in the West. They sweep through the Western Conference playoffs. uh, And Kareem only averages 22, 9, 4, and 3. Again, only. 22 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals. And in the finals, for the first time in his career, He's outplayed by somebody, but it's his teammate, Magic. Lakers win the title. Magic gets his second finals MVP. Should be his first finals MVP because Kareem should have won an 80. And this marks Kareem moving into a slightly different phase of his career. And this phase I would call, I don't even know what I would call it. This phase, he was still better than peak David Robinson, but he was no longer playing like, world-beating juggernaut every single night. Instead, he saved those for the biggest nights. So, 1983, he led all players in playoff points per game and blocks per game. Again, this is his, what is this? This is his 14th year in the league. And he led all players in playoff points per game and blocks per game. 27 points per game, by the way, four blocks per game. He opened the playoffs with four straight 30-plus point games and averaged 31 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 blocks per game in round 1 against Portland. In the Western Conference Finals against George Gervin and the Spurs, he averages 26 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks to get back to the Finals. In the Finals, Moses and the Sixers were too much for him. I would argue that Sixers team is one of the two greatest teams ever. They sweep the Lakers, despite the fact that Kareem averaged, again, against Moses, 24 points, 8 rebounds on 55%. 1984, it's year 15. And in these playoffs, Kareem seemed to pick his spots until the inevitable finals trip. Game four of round two, up to one, has a chance for the kill shot, has 33 points, 11 rebounds, four blocks, on 74% shooting to essentially lock up the series. Games three and four of the Western Conference Finals against Phoenix, Kareem has 31 in each game 
and in those two games was 73% from the field or 72%. It was he was 24 of 33 from the field combined in those two games scoring 31 in each. Then in the finals against the hated Celtics, Kareem once again was out of his mind. Also, keep in mind, this is the regular season. This year, he breaks the all-time scoring record. So he already had played long enough to break the all-time scoring record. It's year 15 for him, okay? And in the finals, game one, he has 32 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Game four, with a chance to go up 3-1 and really take a stranglehold of the series, he has 32 points, eight rebounds, six assists, four steals, two blocks, but they lost in overtime. So the series is tied. Game six, facing eliminations. They also lost game five. He has 30 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Again, this is year 15 for Kareem. So they win that game. They force a game seven. And in that game seven, Magic really struggled. We've talked to the Tragic Johnson stuff. Really struggled in that game seven. Kareem had 29. It's not enough. Kareem averaged for the finals 26 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Now we're to 1985. Kareem is 38 years old, 14 years removed from his first finals MVP, should have two more, but he doesn't, and he gets his second finals MVP. He's good in the playoffs leading up to the finals, but the Lakers are, nobody's touching them in the West. They're 11-2 and two in those three rounds. They never trail in a series. They face no real adversity, and in the Western Conference playoffs heading into the finals, he averages just 20 points per game in just 30 minutes per game. He's not playing a lot. It's a lot of blowouts. Then in the finals, he gets his revenge on Boston. Game one, the Lakers are beat by 1,000 points. You guys can Google it. The Memorial Day Massacre. Boston thought they were going to go back-to-back. So what does Kareem do after that? Game two, 30 points, 17 rebounds, 8 assists. Again, he's 38 years old. He had broken the all-time scoring record a year and a half earlier. He has, or a year earlier. He has... 30, 17, and 8 in game two. Game three, he has 26, 14, and 7. Game five, with the series tied, he has 36 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. And then to win the title in game six, he has 26 points and 7 rebounds in just 35 minutes because he fouled out. For the series, he averages 26 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists on 60% shooting going against. Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish. He was 38 years old. As defending champions and defending finals MVP and Kareem at 39 years old is just still kicking people's asses in 1986. Round two, he averages against Dallas 29.6 rebounds, four assists on 60% shooting and scored at least 26 in every game of the series. Again, he's 39. In the Western Conference Finals against ah, a couple big men known as Akeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson. He went for 30 twice, averaged 27 and 7 for the series, but the Lakers losing six. So this is the only other time, other than the best of three that we talked about against Houston, kind of fluky thing when they won 54 games, so they had to play a best of three. This was the only other year of the entire 1980s where Kareem is not in the finals. Those playoffs in year 19. 
I'm sorry, at 39 years old, not year 19. Kareem averaged 26 points, four rebounds, 26.6 rebounds, four assists, two blocks on 56% shooting while playing 35 minutes per game. 1987. Kareem is now 40 years old. And the Lakers are a legitimate juggernaut. Some people argue this is the best team ever. I don't think it is. Some people argue it is. They won 65 games. They were 11 and 1 en route to their championship. Not surprisingly, Kareem's best games, or 11 and yeah, 11 and 1 en route to the finals, I should say. And not surprisingly, Kareem's best games pre finals were the two close ones the Lakers had. Their one loss and their one close win, which was by only a point, were Kareem's two best games. He had 27 and 28 points, respectively, in those two games. Then in the finals, Again, you're facing the Celtics. In game three, he has 27 and seven. And then up 3 2 with a chance to t- win the title, he has 32 and six with four blocks on 72% shooting in just 22 minutes. Again, I want to reiterate this, guys. Chance to win the title, game six against the Celtics. He has 32 points, six rebounds, four blocks on 72% shooting in 29 minutes. He's 40 years old. For those playoffs, let me let me give you a little context here. For those playoffs, he averaged 19 points and seven rebounds on 53% shooting at 40 years old. 19 points, seven rebounds, 53% shooting. He did it at 40. Who has done that? Who averages for their playoff career at least 19 points, at least seven rebounds on at least 53% shooting? What Kareem did at 40 years old. You want to know the full list of people? Well, obviously Kareem's on it. The rest of the list, Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Davis. That's it. So what, what Kareem did at 40 years old en route to a title, 19 points, seven rebounds, 53% shooting. Only two other guys in NBA history have done it for their careers, Shaq and Anthony Davis. 1988, another championship, and now at this point, Kareem at 41 is a different player. But that again, you, you can't be the second-best player of the last 50 years, which, by the way, also means second-best player ever because he's ahead of Wilt and Russell, without finding a way to make an impact, even at age 41. He averaged 17 and 5 in round one at age 41. And in the biggest spot, showed up down 2 1 in round two to Carl Malone and John Stockton. Had a 20 and 11. Western Conference Finals, tied 2 2. Had a 21 and 5. In the finals, game five, tied 2 2. Had 26 and 6 at, on 57% at 41 goddamn years old. But they lose. And then in game six, with the championship on the line, with Isaiah shooting flames out his ass, with the, with the sprained ankle in the 25-point quarter, down a point, what do the Lakers do? They give the ball to Kareem with the game on the line. He gets fouled. Eh, maybe he doesn't get fouled, but he gets the call. And he goes to the line and sinks both free throws. They force a game seven. They win game seven. They win another title. So at 41 years old, they don't win that title without him. Hands down, the biggest play of their season, they ran it for Kareem. 
For the finals, he averaged 13 and four, which by the way, doesn't sound that impressive. But then you realize that is exactly what Joe Dumars averaged for those finals. Joe Dumars was in the prime of his career. They win another title, ring number six. 1989, Kareem's 42 years old. The Lakers do make another finals, but the Pistons are the best team in basketball. But again, Kareem has one last big game in him. He's 42 years old, down 0-2 in the finals, not wanting to get swept, throws up a 24-13 in the finals against the 88 Pistons, or 89 Pistons, pardon me, but they lose and they get swept, and then it's over for Kareem. Then it's over. He only gave you 20 years. So the final playoff resume, in short, is led the playoffs in points per game five times and blocks per game five times. Third most playoff points ever behind only LeBron and Jordan. Fifth most playoff rebounds ever. Second most playoff blocks ever. Fifth most playoff games ever. Third most playoff minutes ever. Third most finals points ever behind only Jerry West and LeBron. Fifth most finals rebounds ever behind only LeBron in the last 50 years. Most finals blocks ever. Third most finals games ever behind only Russell and Sam Jones. Fourth most finals minutes ever played behind only Russell, Jerry West, and LeBron. 52 career, 30 and 10 playoff games. Third most ever behind only LeBron and Elgin. 75 career, 30-point playoff games. Fourth most all-time behind only MJ, LeBron, and Kobe and a career playoff average of 24-10 and 10 on 53%. That, my friends, is how you become the second greatest player of the last 50 years. One, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know that I did him justice there. I hope I did. We will take some calls on it and do a quick preview of number one, which was maybe the only predictable result of this entire list. We'll do that next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook or clean up make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for head to factormeals.com slash nick right 50 and use code nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code nick right 50 at factormeals.com slash nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active all right welcome back in what's right with nick Wright special edition and our second to last special edition, as we are counting down the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years, we just revealed number two, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which means you know who number one is, LeBron. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about LeBron. We might even do a few minutes on LeBron before the end of today's show. But first, as we have, listen, I just did, I think it was 35 minutes on Kareem's career. Could have done 35 hours on it. I, uh, so for all these guys, I put these notes in a document. And by the way, the full document, and it's just the notes of it. The full document is, at last check, 72 typed pages, 12-point font, single space. That's for the 50 players, which makes sense because the early guys, each of them, it took about a, a, you know, so I'm looking at Bernard King. Bernard King and Carmelo, those two guys took one page combined. And then you get down to, those were 50 and 49 on the list. Then you get down to, for example, Steve Nash. Steve Nash took about three quarters of a page. And then you scroll down to guy number 35, Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook took a full page himself. It's like, oh, okay, because again, they have more of a playoff resume, more of more of everything, so to speak. Yeah, let's, let's jump down a lot. You go down to, for example find a good one here number tw- well 20s luca luca's a little short one gosh luca people still mad about the luca thing again people watch luca video i explained there's precedent for it i'm gonna keep leaning on that precedent d wade number 19 on the list d wade takes about a page and a half and then we get down even further to where it's like okay so kevin durant kevin durant is almost two full pages for the the notes I have. Not everything. It's obviously not scripted, but the notes I have because there's a ton of numbers to remember. And then you get down to a guy like Akeem. Long career, a ton of stuff to go through. Akeem is more than two full pages. And then when I did Magic, Kobe was three pages, super long career. Duncan was three pages. Magic was nearly three pages, even though the career was shortened. Michael was, I want to get it right, Michael was five full pages. Kareem is six and a half pages in my notes. And I and I had to cut a lot of stuff. Felt like someone editing that. Wait, 
No, I'm sorry. Cream was seven and a half full pages in my notes. And so that's why that took so long. So now I want to turn it over to some callers here. Got it. That's by the way. So this thing is 72 pages and I haven't even added the LeBron stuff to it. So in other words, if it's 72 pages without the LeBron stuff, this thing's going to end up being 172 pages long. Okay. Here's our first caller on Kareem. Let's do it. And then control buddy Al from White Plains here to talk about your number two selection on the NBA top 50 list. None other than the king of the skyhook, the brilliant Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whose career spanned 20 years and was the ultimate combination of individual brilliance and team success. Individually, 19 trips to the All-Star Game in those 20 seasons. Six regular season MVPs. Two finals MVPs. Team success, trips to the finals, count them, 10. Eight with the Lakers, two with his original team, the Milwaukee Bucks. One championship there, five with the Showtime Lakers. To me, his ultimate achievement, 1985, 38 years of age. He leads the Lakers into the garden and on the parquet floor for the first time in team history, they knock off the Celtics in six games. In the last four games in which the Lakers won, he averaged over 30 points and 11 rebounds per game against a Hall of Fame front line. My simple question to you, Nick, is how can you top this? Well, obviously, I only have one person topping, and that person's LeBron, and we'll explain the LeBron stuff a little bit in the next segment and then obviously in full in the next episode. But that, listen, Al, who's the best sports radio caller ever, you can hear him on Mad Dog Sports Radio and Sirius XM a lot. I used to host a show on that channel. That's how I got to know him. He's not wrong that what Kareem did in that that 85 season is just utterly remarkable. He turns 38 that year and wins finals MVP. Again, that playoffs, he's older than LeBron is right now. And by the way, the next year in the playoffs, when he was 39, he averaged 26 points per game. Again, I don't have to reiterate it. Al did it, and I did it for 35 minutes. But he, for Kareem at 15 years old, 15 years old, to start a 71-game winning streak and win three state championships, and then to go to college and go 88-2 and two and win three national championships, and then from his rookie season, until age 38, be arguably the best player in the league, if not the whole time, for, you know, top three player the entirety of that time. Like, you're talking about almost a quarter century of just kicking ass and taking names at every level of basketball you're allowed to play. No one will ever have a basketball life the way Kareem did. That much I know is true of the best basketball life ever because LeBron was great in high school, didn't dominate the way Kareem did and didn't play in college. Jordan famously, you know, was didn't make varsity as a freshman in high school, was good, but wasn't even the best player on his freshman, his freshman year playing college basketball at North Carolina, hit the biggest shot in team history, but well, yeah, the biggest shot in team history, but wasn't the best player until his sophomore and his junior year. And then his sophomore and his junior year, a disappointing Tar Heels did NCAA tournament. And guys, these days aren't going to play college basketball, you know, for three plus years like Kareem did. It's 
No one will ever have the basketball life Kareem did. I know that. All right. Now let's go to one of our, I, I have a little preview on who this is. One of our most special callers yet. Let's go to it. Hey, Michael Cooper here, former Los Angeles Lakers players, and I'm here to tell you about who my GOAT of all times, that's the greatest of all times out there, okay? Everybody talks about Jordan, LeBron James, uh, Kobe Bryant, and just to name a few, but my GOAT is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and there's three reasons why. One, because he had a shot that was unstoppable. You, when, you, when you're talking about guarding a GOAT, making pass the ball, you double, triple team him, couldn't double, triple team the cap because he was gonna skyhook you. Second thing is, when you did double or triple team him, he was dropping that ball off to Magic or to Coop for some scores. And last but not least, which makes Kareem my GOAT, is because you couldn't foul the big guy. <clears throat> Kareem was going to knock down his free throws. Three things that make GOATs, Kareem has them all. GOAT of all time. It's a great job by Michael Cooper. Again, and this is the point that I was trying to make when I was arguing with people all last week about Jordan. Jordan obviously has a case to be the GOAT. Kareem obviously has a case to be the GOAT. Cooper explained it there. I think I explained in this. And next week, I'll explain the case as to why I believe LeBron is the GOAT. The case why he is the greatest player ever. But if we can all arrive to the same place that all three of these guys have an argument, then we must acknowledge that by definition, it's a tautology, that if three people have an argument to be the best ever, Someone who has an argument to be the best ever must come in third. And in the contemporary Jordan-LeBron debate, Kareem has always been sloughed off as third. And I just don't think it's accurate. And certain some folks do a Jordan-Kobe thing and they don't, or, or, or they throw magic. I don't think it's tenable. And I don't think after listening to what we just did with Kareem, it is tenable to make an argument for anyone other than LeBron and Michael ahead of him. Now, I don't think Michael did enough. Could If Michael would have played longer, I, I made this joke on First Things First, and, and I, I stand by it. I think Antoine Walker made the point, well, Michael left to go play baseball. Yeah, which is why if I were doing a list of the greatest baseball players ever, Michael Jordan would be ahead of Kareem. But Kareem never left. Kareem just kept playing basketball. And at some point, these type, these rankings, the, these tiers, these hierarchies have to be about what you accomplished. And I know when it comes to the Michael and LeBron thing, everyone gets hung up on six rings versus four rings. But you can't play that game with Kareem. Kareem had six rings versus six rings. And then the whole finals appearances thing with LeBron, people use it as a slight. But when... When Kareem and Michael have the same number of rings, that's when the finals appearances take on a different light. And I'll use the analogy I always use, and I used on the podcast earlier this week. If the NBA championship is a gold medal and making the finals but not winning the championship is a silver medal, Michael has six golds and zero silvers. Now, if you want to argue that's more impressive than LeBron's four golds and six silvers, so be it. That's at least an argument. But six golds and zero silvers in no universe is more impressive than Kareem's six golds and four silvers. The idea that one should be penalized, or let me put it a different way, rewarded for losing earlier in the postseason and therefore avoiding a finals loss 
is illogical. And it would o- it's only proffered because it helped protect the legacy of Jordan. And anyone that has watched these videos, and if you're this deep into this one, then I assume you have, knows I, I pay tribute to Jordan. It's just that Kareem and LeBron, as we'll get to next week, they're going to end up playing 40%. No, 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 no. That's, that's not even close to right. They're 70% more games than Michael Jordan. They're going to, Le- LeBron's going to, if you do to- total games, I'm doing the math up my head and I probably screwed it up. But I'll just, I, the, Jordan played what is considered 12 full seasons. Kareem played 20. LeBron is entering year 20. So you're talking about a demonstrative amount of more games and more time to accomplish things. And that's got to count on these things. So why is LeBron number one? Give you a sneak sneak peek of that next. We wrap up today's show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, welcome back in. Final segment, What's Right, Nick Wright, special edition. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar edition, as he's number two on our 50 greatest players last 50 years. And I said I was going to give you a sneak peek of why LeBron is number one. Instead, I will just refer you to just literally anything I've done on television or on this podcast over the last five years. You can get a little sneak peek there. This podcast went way longer than it was supposed to. It screws us up on our commercial inventory, all that. So if you want to hear the full LeBron James oral history, if you will, tune in this time next week. I'll try to keep that podcast under an hour and a half. I can't promise I'll succeed. That's next week. What's right? Hey, thanks for watching. Smash or just lightly tap that subscribe button. It all works the same to get more from the show. And make sure you click. Why don't you want to mash the bell too, guys? Or just, you know, lightly tap the bell to get notified every time new content drops. Check out full episodes of What's Right wherever you get your podcasts or just hit the link in the description below.